This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. Don't be shy. Come on in. It's the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Sallerson here from Studio B on the campus of the Saints and the Pelicans. Happy Tuesday to everyone. Filling in for Sean Kelly as uh, I will start doing on Tuesdays throughout the Saints and Pelicans season and uh, another week in the books for the NFL. Jets and Colts last night. How about those Jets? Uh, man, 2-0. The defense looks really good. Colts. 0-2 for the second straight year, but last year they ended up winning that division. So, a uh, pretty good game last night. Hope you all enjoyed it. And now uh, we get ready for week three, and that's Saints and Panthers. First divisional game, excuse me, second divisional game for the Saints. And, of course, everyone talking yesterday about Drew Brees and his shoulder, if he's going to play, if he's not going to play. Some reports out there were talking how serious it was. Some saying weren't wasn't serious. Have no information for you. Of course, the team is off today, so we won't really know anything until tomorrow. But uh, be sure to check out uh, Coach Payton's uh, press conference, whether it's a conference call or um, with the media in front of a camera. Um, NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app is your place to be as far as a Drew Brees update. But uh, as far as fantasy football concerns, I know a lot of you have Drew Brees on your team and are wondering for that purpose um, as well. So don't worry. We'll have Jake Seeley here from uh, rotoexperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. He'll help us out just in case Breeze doesn't go. Have give, me, give you some options. And if he does go, you know, is it worth continuing to start him with the hurt shoulder? Should you bench him? Should you not? Whether their Saints are good to go against the Panthers, we'll have all those answers for you and many more. Some waiver wire pickups for you. And uh, also, he kind of calms you down a little bit if you're down 0-2 or if you have Andrew Luck, who kind of struggled. He was a high pick. Don't fret. Jake Seeley is here uh, to save the day. So a lot of fantasy football talk on today's show as we do every Tuesday. And also we'll turn our attention to the Pelicans. We are so close to training camp. It starts on Monday. Well, I should say the team heads to the Greenbrier on Monday after media day. But media day is Monday. And then uh, training camp from the Greenbrier all next week. And then uh, first game next Saturday, October 3rd. Can't believe it as the Pelicans head to Indianapolis to take on the Pacers. So we're so close with basketball, so excited. And, of course, now with a new radio agreement that we announced last week, a full pregame and postgame show. Um, excited to have all of you join the conversation when we talk Pelicans basketball. So that's what we'll focus on today, some basketball. Maybe I should tell you who we're going to have on from the Pelicans side. That is Alexis Agensa. So he had a nice offseason as far as a new contract with the Pelicans. He also got married this summer. I'll ask him about that and many more things about his offseason and his plans for this season under new Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry. So a lot to get to today. Some Pelicans talk, some fantasy football talk as the Saints are off today. Let's get started next with the big man, Alexis Agensa on the Black and Blue Report. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. 
At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the show. As promised, Alexis Aginsta joins us on the Black and Blue Report. Alexis, we haven't really talked to you this offseason. How has the offseason been for you? Well, so far it was great. Uh, offseason, you know, I had a chance to resign four years with Pelicans. I'm super happy about it. And, uh, you know, I got married this summer too, so everything was great. Went to the national team. Uh, unfortunately, I got injured a little bit on the Achilles, on the Achilles. Nothing major, so I'll be ready for the season. I didn't get that wedding invite. I guess it was lost in the mail. Yeah, yeah okay. I think so. That's what happened. Yeah, it happens. Um, I want to talk about the contract a little bit. Not just four years is great, but you know, last year as a free agent heading into the offseason, does that loom in your head a little bit? Do you think about that? Um, how does that affect you knowing now that going into this next season, you're locked in here for four years? Uh, yeah, it was in my head the fact that I was going to be free agent. I'm not going to lie about this. But, uh, you know, it was more of trying to prove everybody, you know, my place is here in the NBA and not overseas. So I think I've done it, but it's, it's not done yet. So um, I have a lot of stuff, a lot of things to prove still. So I'm still working on that, and hopefully it will, it will all work out. I would say last year was probably one of your better careers here in the NBA, better your better seasons. What did you like about your game last season? What you felt? What did you think worked last year as far as your game? Uh, I think uh, I was aggressive every time I was coming to court. I uh, uh, think I was very. Uh, I'm still very impressed, uh, impressed about like how I was able to bounce back. Sometimes I was not playing at all, and I was coming boom, get uh, 20 points. And next game I was going back on the bench and uh you know it was always up and down and I was able to uh bounce back and stay strong mentally and uh, I think it was more of uh you know uh having the game uh mentally prepared every time before the game was that one of your biggest obstacles last year not on the court but mentally off of it knowing that some days you'd be playing heavy minutes and then other minutes maybe five to ten yeah uh totally you know last year I had no idea if I was going to play ten minutes five or you know the whole game I had no idea what was going on so um, I had to be prepared uh, no matter what was going to happen if I was coming in five minutes I was trying to get as many points and rebound I could get so uh, so you know I could stay longer on the court and help my team as much as I could so uh, sometimes it was working out sometimes it wasn't so it's just how the game is. Now what have you been working on this offseason to maybe help improve your game a little bit what are some things you wanted to focus on heading into this season? Uh I work on a consistent, you know, post move, uh, trying to get more efficient on it uh, with, with my post move. Um, 
have a good uh, cardio because you know we're gonna be uh, like a running team, and uh, and that's it. Then trying to move my feet a little bit, a little bit more in defense. So I've been working on all those things this summer. Hopefully it will work out. I'm glad you mentioned the up-tempo offense. New coach in Alvin Gentry. Um, what do you like about his type of offense, and um, how much have you talked to him so far this offseason? Uh, what have you all talked about as your plans for this season? Uh, he said, you know, it's going to count on me on on, this, on a lot of things, so I had, just had to be prepared. You know, it might, could be a great year for me, so um, I'm just ready, to, you know, to run because I know he, he's the type of coach that love to run and uh, yeah, have, you know, very uh, – very great tempo on the court, so I have to be ready for whatever is he's gonna he's gonna tell me to do on the court. Do you prefer an up tempo type offense compared to a slower pace, or are you more of a slower pace kind of guy, or does it really matter to you? It doesn't really matter, you know. As much as more as winning the game, so it matters to me. Let's talk about this team. A lot of the players coming back from last year, which I say is good as far as continuity wise. How much does that help you guys when going into training camp? And even the chemistry on the court, you all kind of know each other's tendencies. How huge is that that I mean, 13 or 14 players are coming back from last year's team? It's great. You know, it's, it's very wonderful to have, you know, the same team. We went, we went all the way to the playoff last year, and I think we all, um, we all disappointed about how it ended. You know, not be able to, to win at least one game. Um, so we are very disappointed, and uh, I think everybody's going to come back this year with a lot of anger and be able to show people what we what we really made of. How important, though, was the playoff experience for you guys? I mean, you, like you said, didn't win a game, but a lot of those games are close against the defending champions. Are you all using a lot of that to build on some confidence and some momentum heading into this season? Right. We, we showed that last year that, you know, we were a great team. We would be able to, uh, to go to the playoffs, even though we had a lot of injured during the whole, the whole season, um, and show in the playoffs that we were able to, uh, you know, be right there with the, with the with the champion. So I know everybody is uh, have a lot of ambitions for this year, and I think the fact that we play like this during in the playoff is going to help us have a strong stronger mentality for the next season. Be prepared for no matter what is going to happen. Are expectations a lot higher this year for this team? Not only on you guys, but coaches, players. You you feel like the expectations are a little higher now? Yeah, we we want to do better. You know, we don't want to be get qualified for the playoff at the last game of the season. So. We sure want to do something better than we did last year. Season's right around the corner. Uh, media day, training camp all next week. Alexi, appreciate you coming on. We're excited for the season to start. Thank you very much. All right, back in a moment. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. 
All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. It is Tuesday, which means it's time for some fantasy football talk. Joining us, as always, is Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Jake, it's it's been a weird couple of weeks, I would say, in the fantasy world, don't you think? <laughs> I think it's what you know. You say it every year. It's like, wow, this is just the weirdest year ever, and I, I think it just keeps trying to trump itself because this has to be one of the weirdest two weeks, not just from fantasy, but from overall. NFL perspective with all the teams that lost that nobody expected. Basically, as I told you before we came on the show, if you're 2-0 and in fantasy right now, you're feeling great. Absolutely, absolutely. We were just talking about the Eliminator Challenge, and I think everyone is out that had one based on last <laughs> week. But we'll, uh, we'll focus on individual play with fantasy. And I, I noticed from your Twitter account that I follow you on that you took a – I don't know if you took a bashing, but a lot of C.J. Anderson comments on your Twitter feed from last week. I know he was one of your big – uh, picks for number one pick or a high pick he between he and DeMarco Murray for the running backs is it time to hit the panic button uh, I would say more on DeMarco than CJ Anderson even though DeMarco has been a little bit better from the fantasy perspective only because that offensive line for the Eagles isn't looking as good as everybody thought it was going to be uh, the offense still needs to click in general and that's more understandable I mean you got a new quarterback you got DeMarco coming in, so there'll be plenty of time for him to rebound. So I still think if he can get an offer on DeMarco Murray, I'm buying low on him. I still think there's better days to be had. It's just, again, it's the same concern we had in the offseason is if they get going and their quick huddle and Ryan Matthews happens to be on the field, DeMarco's going to get left on the sideline. And as we've seen before, he gets mad, he gets frustrated, he yells. Uh, it's just the, it's the way that the Eagles work. With C.J. Anderson, uh, you look at the fact that he had the toe injury, the offensive line didn't look very good for the first two games. And with them, they're working into a new system, whereas the offensive line for the Eagles, that's the same system they played last year. So there's some hope with the Broncos. I will say now, though, if C.J. Anderson doesn't perform against the Lions, which is a really nice matchup for him, then I'll start to hit the panic button. But I think that with the full 10 days off, the toe can get healthy, that offensive line can gel a little bit more, get used to Kubiak's scheme. I really think I'm still buying low. I still think there's plenty of potential for him to be a top five running back. But come Sunday, and if uh, the struggles continue, you're going to hear a different story from me next week. Yeah, another uh, guy that popped up as a, a quarterback, of course, from last night, and one of my friends keeps bugging me because I told him to pick luck, you know, as a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like playing the Bills and the Jets, part of that has to do with the defenses he plays. Is there any concern with luck? I mean, that division's also pretty weak, I would say. I think maybe coming up he should have some pretty good games. No, that's exactly what the situation used to be. This is what I'm telling everybody in fantasy. And I do it every single year. After week two, this is when you capitalize on the people panicking. It's only two weeks. Have you ever seen a fantasy team go 11-2 and or 12-2 and and not make the fantasy playoffs? Not saying that you're going to win out after starting 0-2, but it's only two losses, and it's only two games for Andrew Luck. And as you said, it's two really good defenses, not even the fact that the Bills have always played Andrew Luck tough, whether or not Rex Ryan's been there. It's just been kind of their M.O. is they figure out a way, and they know how to beat him. You would think more teams would kind of copy their plan, but 
The Jets have a really great defense, and we've known that. We saw it in week one. We see it again last night. So it's still Andrew Luck. He's still got a ton of talent on that team, a team that a lot of people say is more talented than what he had last year when he put up those huge numbers last season. So if you've got an owner that you've drafted Andrew Luck and can't believe they spent an early pick on him and they're just panicking, capitalize. Start sending out offers for Luck. Start sending out offers for Andre Johnson, T.Y. Hilton, any of those type of players, even guys at other positions that have struggled the first two games that we know the talent that they are. So this is this is when you make or break your fantasy seasons, when you get those valuable players that just started off slow and are going to turn things. Look at Eddie Lacy last year. He's the perfect example. Mm-hmm. After that first game, he had a first couple weeks after that where he struggled and the second half was huge for him. Yep, I have Eddie Lacy, and I got a little worried after the ankle injury, but we'll get to maybe some waiver wire <laughs> pickups in just a little bit. Um, Cowboys fans, they deal with Des Bryant week one, now Tony Romo in week two. Um, as far as fantasy goes, will Cowboys wide receivers drop in value with the injury in Romo, and is it also worth picking up Brandon Whedon? Uh, I would say you have to drop a little bit. Nothing against Brandon Whedon, and I know that he himself said even before the season started this is the best he's ever felt in a system because it's the first time he's ever had a continuous system and back-to-back years for him to get used to. Uh, so I, I buy into Whedon being able to be a capable quarterback, but you can't take away Tony Romo to most other quarterbacks and say that this offense is going to continue to be exactly the same. Uh, Tony Romo is one of the better quarterbacks in the league and I think perennially underrated, not just in fantasy, but overall. So you take him away. I think that you got to say Jason Witten stays involved as he's always been, as long as he's healthy. I know he's dealing with ankle and leg issues, but at the same time, he's going to be great. Terrence Williams will be a nice red zone threat, but I think this kind of hurts the rest. Maybe Cole Beasley was looking like a nice PPR option. Now he takes a little bit of a hit. You don't know that Whedon's going to have the same chemistry with a lot of these receivers, so I would try to avoid the Cowboys this week because maybe he connects with Bryce Butler, who they picked up. That's the thing you always got to deal with in the quarterback situation is you just don't know who he's going to connect with because who he's been practicing with. Uh, And in in a two-quarterback league, or maybe you lost Romo, and it's a deep 14-team league, I would pick up Whedon, but I still think there's plenty of other options out there like Mariota, Kaepernick, even Flacco that are in a lot of leagues, Andy Dalton still unowned in the ton that I would take before I went looking for Whedon. Let's go to Pittsburgh now where uh, Le'Veon Bell is set to be back after a two-game suspension uh, with the numbers to D'Angelo Williams. Um, that, what, what goes on there? Because D'Angelo Williams had a nice uh, first couple weeks. <laughs> I think that just proves that there's going to be no question Le'Veon Bell is likely the number one running back from here on out. It's just that's how good the Steelers' offense is, and they can run the ball. For all those people that own Le'Veon Bell or you know, have any concerns, look, D'Angelo Williams is not going to cut into Le'Veon Bell's production. He's going to spell him like they have in the past of any running back. The only fact is, is he's going to be a little bit better than what they've used in the past to spell Le'Veon Bell to not get him 30 touches a game, but they're not going to go away from Le'Veon Bell being their focus, being a 20-plus touch guy per game. He's great in the passing game. So there's another perfect example. If you have somebody out there who's maybe a little bit hesitant about Le'Veon Bell, and I saw some people on Twitter asking me yesterday, does D'Angelo Williams hurt his value going forward? No, it's Le'Veon Bell. Stop panicking. He hasn't even played a game yet. So there's another great example of taking advantage of people being too worried about situations that you probably don't even need to fret over. I think Le'Veon Bell will be great. and But that's the thing. If you have Bell or if you're thin at running back, you got to stash D'Angelo Williams. You can't throw him out on the wire because if anything were to ever happen to Bell, 
he's shown that he can be productive. So basically no more D'Angelo Williams starting as far as even like as a flex position. It's just <laughs> no, Le'Veon no, Bell. You're pretty much done starting D'Angelo Williams. All right. For those who have D'Angelo Williams, there you go. Um, all right. So lots of stuff going on as far as running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks with injuries. Give me two or three waiver wire pickups for this week. I got to tell you, the two off the top, I'm surprised so many people on NFL.com haven't come around on them yet. I expect their ownership to go up quite a bit this week. But just in case, uh, you got to say Deion Lewis is at the top of the running backs. Unless you own Eddie Lacy, you need to go get James Starks. I know that Eddie Lacy is up in the air for Monday night. We don't know if he'll play. If you own him, James Starks is your must own. You, yeah, there's no question about it. you got to blow your budget, your number one waiver spot. You can't afford to lose Eddie Lacy for a couple games and not have Starks to come in and play for you. That being said, if not, as I mentioned with Deion Lewis, as frustrating as the Patriots' backfield always is, the one consistency they've always had is the Shane Vereen pass-catching type role, who now seems to be Deion Lewis. And even though Deion Lewis has fumbled, Bill Belichick keeps going back to him, which has to be a great confidence booster for anybody with Deion Lewis because normally fumbles means you're done mm-hmm. with Belichick, but yet he kept going back to him. So he needs to be owned. I'm surprised his ownership is low. James Jones. I don't know what people need to see more. The fact that Aaron Rodgers still loves going to him for people to pick him up, for the fact he's under 30% owned on NFL.com is baffling. And then outside of those two, which is kind of getting overlooked, is Michael Crabtree. Uh, he's been a great option in that offense. He looks back to 100%. He's still very young. He was one of the you know most highly touted wide receivers in his draft that year. Uh, he's looking great in that offense with Derek Carr taking a step forward this year. I think Crabtree is a very overlooked and underrated wide receiver, especially in PPR leagues this year. I want to go back to Lacey for just a second. Since he is on Monday night and his status is up in the air, is that just one of those that you start Eddie Lacey even on Sunday and as long as you have James Starks as your backup? How do you deal with that for owners that maybe don't get James Starks but have Eddie Lacey and his status is still uncertain until Monday night? Yeah, that's, that's what I always say is if you don't have the backup plan, if you don't have James Starks or you don't even have another player going on Monday night, you can't start him. And I will say this, if you have Lacey and you do have another player, whether it be a wide receiver, and this is going to sound, you know, kind of it makes sense, but a lot of people forget it and overlook it is if you have that option, if maybe you have a wide receiver in Monday night's game, it's not that great, but you could plug in if Lacey doesn't play. Make sure you leave your flex spot open. Don't do it in the running back spot and then be left with a zero because that's the biggest thing is you cannot take a zero in fantasy. So if you don't have a backup option, you can't hold on and wait for Lacey. But if you do, make sure you save it for that flex spot so you have some options and some flexibility just in case. Great point, great point. And before I let you go, of course, we got to talk some Saints. I know everyone here is waiting in anticipation about Drew Brees and his status with his injury. So many reports yesterday, some were major, some were not major. And, of course, they have off today, so we won't know anything more until tomorrow but let's just say Drew Brees this is hypothetical again I don't know any information let's just say Drew Brees does play on Sunday is it worth starting him against a very tough Panthers D or do you just sit him out this week no matter what Uh, I would say I would have to have a very high-end option to bench him if he does play because again as you said is we have no information it's so speculative he himself said you know can he manage the pain so let's just say, as you said, he does play. He's obviously going to play through not being 100%, but he's still Drew Brees. 
he still has over 600 yards in the first two games, even though the touchdowns aren't there. I think those are going to come as another great buy-low option. I think Brandon Cooks is a terrific buy-low option because people expected so much from him this year, and even though he's been good, he hasn't had a breakout game yet. So if Drew Brees is playing, the Panthers actually have a very tough defense, but it's been better against the run and kind of so-so against the pass so far. So I would have to have you know an Eli Manning or you know somebody in that range where they're on the cusp of being a, a QB1, you know, maybe obviously Carson Palmer's been great so far. Those type of guys, maybe you paired him with later in the draft, and I would start him. But I'm not going to dig down and go with the Marriott or a Winston or those type of guys. Even a Whedon we talked about earlier because he's still Drew Brees. I would have to have a great option if I'm going to bench him. And uh, one more thing before I let you go. with uh, We see a little bit of C.J. Spiller last week, Kyrie Robinson, Mark Ingram, and some of the wide receivers. He had Willie Snead with a touchdown. Which Saints are must-starts this week against Carolina? Uh, if Drew Brees is out there, I think it's pretty much everybody, the only ones that aren't must-starts, because I say that Mark Ingram is a must-start. C.J. Spiller, now that he's got a game somewhat under his belt, I think it's a must-start, especially PPR leagues. I think Kerry Robinson is going to be a deeper league option now that Spiller's fully back at wide receiver. Cooks and Colston are both must-starts if Drew Brees is on the field. And then for the deeper league options there, again, the only ones that I would say are Coleman and Snead just because, uh, you know, they're kind of looking like they're going to be interchangeable from week to week. So if you have the upside, if you want the upside, I should say, they, I would go with them, but they're kind of deeper league options because if they don't get the touchdown, you might be looking at three receptions for 40 yards, which isn't that great of a day. So I would say Ingram, Spiller, Colston, Cooks, those are your guarantees. And then depending on what kind of league you're in, you could even gain some value from the other three. But they're, they're deeper league options looking for that upside play. But it all hinges, like I said, Drew Brees. If he's out there, you got to play him. If not, it's probably down to Cooks and Ingram as your only must starts. All right, well, New Orleans and the rest of the fantasy world's going to keep an eye out on tomorrow and the next couple days as far as Drew Brees. That is Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, I could go on forever, but unfortunately we're out of time. I really appreciate it as always. Uh, good luck in all your leagues, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah, you too. Hopefully we get to see Brees on Monday night. Hope so too. Hope so too. Or Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Sunday. Absolutely. All right, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. Uh, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? And now, and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport.
All right, that's our show for today. Big thanks to Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com and Alexis Agensa. Uh, really excited for uh, Pelicans, and we'll continue our Pelicans talk all week on the Black and Blue Report. Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair tomorrow. Has scheduled to appear Luke Babbitt. And yes, I think the big question with Luke this offseason, because I've seen some pictures um, come around about his hair, and uh, it doesn't look like there's a lot of it left. Love those flowing locks from last year. I think the big question that Sean Kelly needs to ask tomorrow with him is, why did the hair go away? So we'll get that answer. That's the biggest question, of course, and more on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Again, Luke scheduled to come on, and uh, we'll continue some more Pelicans talk, and uh, we'll hear from head coach Sean Payton trying to figure out the schedule for this the rest of the week. The last couple weeks, it's been a conference call at around 8.30 Central, so then we have some highlights from that uh, on the show. So if that's the case, we'll have some for you, plus some more Saints talk as uh, the Saints get ready for week number three on the road against a tough Carolina Panthers team. Then down the road, uh, we'll have some announcers. McMixon scheduled to come on Thursday, and of course, you never know who's going to stop by. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Any uh, guests you would want to have on the show, um, just let us know. You can tweet us at Black Blue Report. You can tweet Sean Kelly at Sean Kelly Live, or you can tweet myself at D. Salerson. Sean and I kind of work together as far as getting the schedule and uh, working on obtaining guests. So if there's someone that you want, whether it's nationally for football um, or a specific Saints player you want to hear from, or even now on the Pelican side, we're getting close to basketball time. Any national guest you want to hear from, or even some of the players, you know, when we get to training camp next week, Sean will be there at the Greenbrier. Um, so any players you want to hear from, I'm sure we will hear from them next week. But again, let us know. We'd love to have them on because this podcast is all about you guys, Saints and Pelicans fans. So uh, hopefully we can get you the guests that you want to hear from. We appreciate all the feedback we are getting and all the listenership that we are receiving. So we really appreciate it, and we hope you continue um, as we get rolling here with Saints and Pelicans now coming up. So Sean will be back tomorrow. I am out of here. I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Thank you.